everybody. Welcome to Waters Church. You can clap in the house of God. You should be happy about it. Welcome to Waters Church. My name is Chris. I am the director of pastoral care here. And we've been in a series called Recharge. Somebody say Recharge. Recharge. Ooh, that worked well for 9.30 Sunday morning. Congratulations. So we've been in this series looking at technology, how it how it applies to our lives and how we need to stay connected to the true source, right? Last week, Pastor Tim Hatch talked about Jesus being like, like the true vine. This is like Jesus being like the true connected cord for our, for our phones, right? It's a great illustration. Hopefully, I can top that illustration today. We'll see. Got a couple things that we're going to work on. But I'm really thankful that you're all here today, uh, despite the fact that yesterday was spring and today isn't. I don't know what happened, where it went, but, uh, but yeah, we're going to look a little bit about uh, declutter is the message title for today. So we want to look at how things in our lives can weigh us down, slow us down in our, in our walks as Christians, or more, more, uh, more importantly, in our, in our race, in our life, either in our, in our life, how it looks in our regular life, or in our Christian life, how certain things, be it sin or weight, can slow us down and weigh us down, and how we need to cast those things off. We need to be vigilant and throw those things off so that we can run a better race. So I really think there's two types of people that are here today. Either you're here because you love God, you've been coming to Waters Church, you've been fed by Waters Church, and you've been looking to be fed by God here today. Or you're here and you're not really sure why you're here. Maybe somebody invited you to be here and you're just looking for a little bit of hope or a little bit of joy or something to grab onto. Whatever, whatever reason that you're here today, I hope that you get what you're looking for, and I hope God shows up in your life today. All right, so today's title is Declutter. It's the springtime. I think it's a great uh, time to look at declutter in our lives. What's springtime mean to you? For me, it means Easter. There's candy. There's flowers. There's yard work. Spring cleaning. It's another name for declutter, right? Spring cleaning. Maybe you're uh, spring cleaning your yard yesterday. That's why you're here this morning when it was nice out. You were out there. Maybe, maybe you're spring cleaning your office. Wives, maybe you want your husband to spring clean your, their garage or their man cave. Well, how about this? I was uh, spring cleaning my car the other day. Uh, I had about five months worth of Dunkin' Donuts in my car. Five months, that's a New England winter. Um, and, and thanks to Shane, I had about three weeks of Chick-fil-A. So it was a lot of mess in my car. <laughs> Who's been following Shane on, on Facebook? That's some good chicken. But regardless, we've got to declutter things out of our lives. And it feels so much better driving in my car with a clean car. I didn't know that it was actually affecting me having all this clutter around my car driving all the time. And that's true in our lives. Uh, even when we don't realize it, clutter in our lives. I actually, so I might mumble a little bit, so I apologize. I had a little decluttering in my mouth the other day. I had two wisdom teeth taken out. So, uh, so if I slur or anything, I apologize, but that's what's going on. God's decluttering out of my mouth. Um, <laughs> but we want to look at how that actually applies with uh, technology too, right? So you want to declutter, spring clean, maybe your emails, get rid of all that spam or all those conversations. You can declutter uh, your Facebook. I don't have Facebook, but I heard people are decluttering their Facebook, spring cleaning all, the, all your friends that you're not really friends with, that you're looking at, and, and you're sick of looking at all these feeds or news feeds. I don't even know how Facebook works anymore, if you can't tell. But 
You want to declutter things out of your life so it will free you up to pay attention to what's really important. And we're going to break that down. Hopefully today we'll look at some scripture and we'll, we'll see the why and the how. More importantly, I want you guys to have some tools today. I'm hoping you walk away today feeling empowered to continue to run a joyful race, but feel empowered with these tools. Uh, these tools have helped me, and we're going to go over a couple of those, but we're going to use the phone as uh, an analogy, right? So I've got a couple apps on here that take up all my memory, all my power on my phone, so I'm constantly, when I'm playing this one game that I'll get to in a little bit, I have to plug it in all the time. I, I have an iPhone 6, so we're not up to date with an iPhone 8, is it, or 10, or they have both of them at the same time, I'm not sure. But regardless, I'm always losing my charge because I'm playing this game so much that I got to keep plugging it in. You can see where I'm going with that. And we'll get to what is going on in your life and, and maybe how we can spring clean in our own lives. But uh, I really want us to walk away today knowing that we can run our race that's set before us with endurance and joy in our hearts. So the theme today, now if you're, if you're taking notes, you can pull out your bulletins. If you're new to Waters Church, we take notes here. Taking notes means you get to heaven. <laughs> Just kidding. No, but I think it's helpful. If we write this stuff down, one, because it helps remind us, you know, when in times of need, it's the same reason that we read the word of God. God's going to refresh and remind us oftentimes when we need it. But you're going to pay attention more likely if you're going to write it down. And hopefully you'll be encouraged to save these. I know I've got a drawer full of them at home. And pull them out maybe when, uh, when God reminds you that you need to be encouraged about something. Oh, I heard that message Chris talked about once about being recharged. And you pull this back out and hopefully be recharged again. Whatever that looks like. All right, so first uh, thing in your notes is the theme for today. The theme for today is if I put away things in my life, if we put away things in our lives that slow us down, we will be empowered to run a joyful race for a better life. All right, so this isn't a prosperity message. I'm, I'm not talking about a better life financially. Well, I take that back. This, I hope that this is a prosperity message. I hope that you walk away with something today that will help you prosper in your life, to run a more joyful race for God. Again, whatever that looks like in your life. So if you'd stand with me, we're going to read from the Word of God. We're going to read from Hebrews 12. I think it says in your notes 1 through 6, but I'm going to read uh, 1 all the way to 7. And you might have the ESV, but I'm actually going to read out of the NLT today because it's my favorite Bible, and I'm the one speaking. All right, so. <laughs> and uh, just so you know, a little context. This is Paul writing to the Hebrews, which are new converts to Christianity. So some of the struggles that they're going through, some of the persecution that they're going through, we might not have living in America in our lives today. But I really think, you know, God's word doesn't come back void. So all this can be applicable for our lives today. So it says, therefore, therefore means something happened before, and we'll get back to that. But therefore, since we are surrounded by such a huge crowd of witnesses, to the life of faith, let us strip off every weight that slows us down, especially the sin that so easily trips us up. And let us run with endurance the race God has set before us. We do this, here's the how, we do this by keeping our eyes on Jesus, the champion who initiates and perfects our faith. 
Because of the joy awaiting him, he endured the cross, disregarding its shame. Now he is seated in the place of honor beside, besides God's throne. Think of all the hostility that he endured from sinful people. Then you won't become weary and give up. After all, you have not given your lives in your struggle against sin. And have you forgotten, this is Paul writing to the Hebrews again, but again, I think it applies to us. And have you forgotten the encouraging words God spoke to you as his children? He said, and this is God speaking words into you, my child, don't make light of the Lord's discipline and don't give up when he corrects you. For the Lord disciplines those he loves and he punishes each one he accepts as his child. As you endure this divine discipline, remember that God is treating you as his own children. This is the word of God. Let us pray. Father God, I thank you just for the opportunity today to be able to, to meet together and hopefully to learn under your word. I ask, Lord, that my words be most of all pleasing to you, and I ask that they be helpful to the people here. I ask that you cut to the truth in the heart of the matter, Lord, and that you convict all of us of something, that we may move forward in our right race, growing closer to you and further away from this world. Thank you, Father God, again for this opportunity, and thank you for Jesus. It's in his name that we pray. And everyone said, Amen. you may have a seat. All right, guys. So I want to go over a lot about the how, and we can look at you know, what Paul was writing there. But we have endurance in this race, and life is a race. And it doesn't say a walk, it doesn't say a gallop, it says a race. And a race is something you have to be intentional about. It's something that you have to practice or exercise for, right? So let me say this, I actually got a, a phone call two days ago, last night I said yesterday because it was two days ago. And there's this gentleman that he was here last night, his name is Bill, and I've been talking to him, he's, he's new in Christ, and he, uh, he finally started reading his Bible, and he's been coming to me with all these questions, which I think is great, it's awesome. He's growing in Christ, he's reading every day, but he's getting filled with this conviction in his life because he's reading the Word of God, and even more, he's trying to study it. And he asked me, he said, you know, I see what Jesus wants for me and from me. He's asking me to remove certain things out of my life, and I just don't feel like I can obey everything he wants me to do. I'm not perfect, and I just can't do everything. Does that mean I'm not going to go to heaven? And if you're Christian, then you know all your sin. If you've accepted Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior who died for your sins, then you know all your sins have been forgiven. Your past, present, and future sins. They've all been forgiven. Hallelujah. Now, it's a good thing, because the race is already won. Jesus already won that. But here's the thing. Then he asked me, does that mean I'm not going to go to heaven? I said, no, because all your sins are going to be forgiven, right? So I asked him if that made sense. And, and he said, yes, but it scares the crap out of me. And I said, good, it should, because fear of the Lord is the beginning of all wisdom, right? 
What I'm trying to say here is sometimes we need to be convicted, but other times we need to know that God has already won the race. We're set on the race, but God has already won it for us. What we need to do is run with endurance, hopefully with joy in our hearts, knowing that it's already been accomplished for us, but there's things we have to do that matter, all right? We have, we've been forgiven all our sins, but they have eternal consequences. What you do in this life matters. It matters here today because it's gonna affect your life, but it has even more eternal consequences. What you do matters eternally, eternal rewards. If you're Christian, you're gonna get judged just like everybody else. See, everybody's gonna die and they're gonna face God. And you're either gonna be judged by what you've done or what you haven't done. Let me say it like this. If you're not Christian, you're gonna be judged by your sin, which separates you from God. The good news is you can accept Christ tonight and not be judged by your sin. If you're Christian, you're gonna be judged by the things that you do or the things that you don't do. That's eternal consequences. That should add some fear into our lives, a little bit. It means we should pick up the pace and run our race. Let me say it like this, and this is your next fill in the blank. God doesn't change you so that he can love you. He loves you so that he can change you. Let me say that again, because that's tweetable, people. God doesn't change you so he can love you. He loves you so that he can change you. God seeks after us. We don't seek after him. God came after us. He didn't change Abraham first. He didn't change David first. He didn't change Paul first. He loved them. He went after them, and then he started to work on them. So if you're one of God's children, then you shouldn't stay the same. God's always gonna be working on you. He's always gonna be changing you. There's always gonna be a next step, a higher level that you should be trying to obtain. You shouldn't become complacent. Maybe you've been a Christian for a long time and you know that your salvation is sealed in heaven. So maybe you've been coasting through this race. But I wanna let you know that this is a race. It's not a walkathon. So pick up the pace. When I was in high school, I ran spring track. And I was a freshman, I didn't know what I'd be good at or what I wouldn't be good at. So the coach put me in the four by 400 relay, which is like all the way around. I say that because I have no endurance. It's like all the way around four times. And I was the anchor. This is my first race, freshman year. I was the fourth person to go. And I think when I got the baton, there were about three people ahead of me and two people behind me. And so I grab the baton, I start going, I'm 200 meters in, I'm running, I'm running, I'm running, and all of a sudden I see everybody pass me by. All of a sudden, I'm in last place. And then I come to the last 100 meters, and I tell you the truth, I got discouraged. I was a stubborn freshman, so I started slowing down a little bit. I started walking a little bit, came to the last 50 meters, and I was literally just walking. I had given up, and I see my coach run around the corner, running, getting right in my face. You better not give up. You better pick up the pace. You better finish the bleeping race. He didn't say bleeping, though. <laughs> I won't repeat what he said. It's a church, by the way. All right. So what was, I, what was my problem? I was focusing on the other people around me. I was jealous. I was literally jealous of the people that, were, that had a head start on me or that were running right past me. I was more worried about the crowd or the people that were next to me instead of keeping my eyes on the finish line and trying to finish that race. 
which brings us to point number one. When I focus on Christ, I can clearly identify the clutter. When I have my eyes on the finish line, I can see all the stuff around me that doesn't matter, that's holding me back from finishing the race. All right, so you gotta finish the race, focus, and you know the race is already won. That's the good news. You just have to finish it. Now, this life isn't easy, right? It's a sinful, fallen world. We have death, decay, disease, addiction. There's struggles in our life, but God wants you to overcome whatever that is so you can powerfully, joyfully finish the race. I know a lot of us here are going through things in our lives, but God has something better for you on the other side. When you know that Jesus Christ was raised from the dead and he died for your sins, how can you not be filled with joy and want to step a, a little bit quicker, just run a little bit faster towards that finish line? So I, I hope today that some of us can walk away with that. Hebrews 12 says it like this. How, and it's important, we want to walk away with tools today, the how. We do this by keeping our eyes on Jesus, the champion who initiates and perfects our faith. That's good news. You don't have to do it under your own strength. Jesus already won the race. But furthermore, he started this thing in you. The reason that you're here, even if you don't know it, is you were drawn here for a reason. God does the searching. He started this thing inside you. And the good news is he promises to finish what he started. The race is already The race is already won. That was wisdom to you, the hurting. But we still have to run it. And we have to be diligent about how we do so. Really believe that. So last week, Pastor Tim challenged us to put Jesus first in the morning, right? If you were here for that message. And that really hit home to me because I don't know about you, but I wake up in the morning, I, get out of I crawl out of bed, I crawl all the way to my coffee pot, I put in some water, some coffee grinds, I get back into bed for about 10 minutes until I smell that coffee, and I go back over, I get myself some coffee, I sit down, and I turn on the TV. It's the first thing I do. Go from Fox News to CNN, back to Fox News to CNN, because I like both opinions. It's not news anymore, it's just opinions, but I like to hear what's going on. But that's what I'm feeding myself in the morning. And let me say this, what you feed in your life actually grows. What you feed in your life grows. You don't have to write that down and see people, but you can. But you want to be intentional about what you put before your eyes, what you put into your body. You know, what, what you feed yourself with, it's going gonna, it's gonna to grow inside you. So why not feed yourself with something good? Put Jesus first in the morning. There's another thing that I do every single morning, and this is where the phone comes in. Um, I have to admit this, but so there's this video game that I play. I've been playing it for three years, and it's called Marvel Contest, Contest of Champions. It's a fighting game. And it's fun. And I'm in an alliance, actually a Christian alliance, with 29 other people from all around the world. There are other Christians, there are pastors, and, and we play this game together. And I'm not saying games are bad. I'm not saying that's what, you know, you can't do certain. I'm not saying you can't have fun as a Christian, because Christians should be having more fun than anybody else. But what I'm saying is, working on this message, and Pastor Tim saying last week that we should be putting Jesus first in the morning, I started to get convicted convicted about this game, that I'm playing it 20 to 30 minutes in the morning, and then I'm 
playing it 20 to 30 minutes at night, and it's eating up a lot of my time. It's what I'm feeding myself with every single day. And is that good for me? Is it good for me or is it helpful in my Christian walk? Is it helping me run my race or is it slowing me down? Is it weight? Is it sin? No, I don't think it's sin, but it's clutter. And I want to get rid of that clutter. And I'm going to ask you guys a little bit to help me get rid of that clutter. And hopefully we can do that together. You seem very responsive. So I have, uh, I have faith. But let me say it like this. When we focus on the truth, false things in our life stand out. I heard a message from Pastor Tim a few years ago, and he was talking about counterfeit money and how people that, that, um, that study the dollar bill or study counterfeits, they call out the counterfeits, they're the ones that find the counterfeit money. They don't study all the counterfeit money, they study the real dollar bill front and back. They study it so when they see a counterfeit bill, it stands out. You see what I'm saying? We study the truth so the false things in the world that are going to slow us down stand out. What's that truth? The truth is Jesus Christ. He said, I am the truth, the way, and the light. The truth is in this book. We should be writing this on our heart every single day, more so than the TV, than the music, than all the other stuff that can be clutter in our lives. And again, I'm, I'm not trying to tell you you can't have fun. What I'm trying to tell you is what you feed yourself will grow. So be intentional about what you put in front of you. Be intentional about what you spend time with. Be intentional about getting alone with God. And be intentional about your race, because this race should be exciting for you. I'm excited. So number two, if we're looking at uh, taking clutter out of our lives, the first thing is to focus on the truth, to focus on God, to focus on Christ, and then the clutter stands out. But you can't always do it alone, right? Sometimes you need a little bit more help. So point number two, I'll say it. I have the Holy Spirit who empowers me to, to kill the clutter. You have the Holy Spirit that empowers you to kill the clutter. But seven or eight years ago when I first came to Christ, uh, one of the first things God did to me and for me was to take swearing out of my mouth. I, I noticed this without asking him for it. I just noticed. I just stopped using foul language, and I, I didn't know why. It's not like God worked on my mouth or my tongue or my lips. He changed my heart. Because out of my heart was bitterness and was anger and was resentment. So out of my heart came these, these bad swear words, right? So it's amazing how God could supernaturally do that. Like I said, I didn't ask for that, but God did that. And I talk to a lot of people that come to the faith, and oftentimes it's one of the first things that God does for them. But then... You know, then there's other things that we need to do because there's always another hurdle. There's always another obstacle. But Romans 8 says it like this. For if you live according to, according to the flesh, you will die. But if by the spirit you put to death the deeds of the body, you will live. So sometimes we have to get convicted by the Holy Spirit so we can be empowered to do something about it. And that's another thing. Oftentimes we get convicted about stuff that we have to let go in our lives that's slowing us down, the clutter in our lives, but we have to take action. We might get convicted, we might hear God speaking to us, we might know, look, there's some things we need to do, there's some things that we have to do, things that we want to do, and there's some things that we just shouldn't do. Sin or not, there's just things in our lives that we just shouldn't do because it holds us back. It slows us down. 
in this race of life. It's just not good for you. But you have to take action. You can't just hear it and agree with God. You have to do something about it sometimes. So we'll look at how we can do that. Uh, who's on camera four today? Is it Dimitri? Dimitri, are you here? You know I was going to call you out, did you? All right, so thank you, my friend. We're going to look at my phone real quick. I want to see it, and then I'll continue. All right. Uh-huh. They, they were going to awe my dog. Aww. That's Scott. He's 11 years old. But it's not about him. Let's move on. So this is, this is the app, right? This is my game that I play every single day, every single morning. This is the clutter in my life that I want removed. It's called Marvel Contest of Champions. Oh, I can't play it anymore. I want to play it tonight, but I can't. But every time I click on that button, shout out to Marvel, it goes right to the game. So there's something stopping me. There's something holding me back. So I like to say it like this. Maybe the Holy Spirit is like, get this, is like the force press. Is that going to work? Holy Spirit is like the force. How do you do that? <laughs> Holy, Holy Spirit. Come on now. My hands are greasy. What's going on? Woo, there we go. Okay. The Holy, look at that. It's jiggling all Holy Ghost-like. It's even got an X on it that's telling me exactly where to go, exactly how to delete it. Oftentimes, God will do that. He'll convict you with the Holy Spirit. He'll show you a way out. But I still got to take action. All right, that's good, Dimitri. I'll call you back. Don't go too far because I'm going to need help in a minute. But you see what I'm saying? Sometimes I can't do it. We can't do it. You can't do it under your own power. So you need to be convicted of the Holy Spirit, but then you got to do something about it. I got to press that button but I'm not ready to do that just yet, so. I'm gonna need some help. You know, if I was to go run a marathon tomorrow, I'd probably make it about two miles before I fell flat on my face and gave up because I have no endurance. But if I trained, if I, if I drank lots of water, if I did the TB12 method, and, and I knew I'd get a couple of those. But if I, was, if I was vigilant, if I made sure that I practiced for this, I might make it about three miles. <laughs> it's a long a marathon. It's much more than that. Um, what I'm trying to say is I would, be much, I would do much better if I, was, if I was direct about attacking this. So, Christian, how can you exercise? How can you, what are your tools in order, to, uh, in order to listen to God, to hear the Holy Spirit, to overcome these hurdles in your life, right? So number one thing, number one tool we have is this. Like I said before, you shouldn't be just cracking this open on Sundays. You should be reading this every single day. I don't care if you spend five minutes a day reading one scripture, but write that on your heart. This is going to help you love that family member that's hard to love. This is going to help you get convicted that I have to overcome that addiction. This is going to help you deal with that boss that you have that is constantly berating you and yelling at you. This is going to help you day to day. So number one, you should be reading your Bible every single day. Number two, and we often do this, you should be praying every day. You should be getting alone with your heavenly father. You should be getting on your knees every single day and asking God for help, glorifying God and what he's done for you, thanking God, even when times are hard, thanking God for what you have because somebody else has it worse somewhere in this world. Somebody has it better. You can be jealous, but somebody has it worse. So be thankful what God's doing for you, through you, and to you and love him, get alone with God. And number three, and this is often missed, you gotta listen. 
Holy Spirit's going to speak to you. Maybe not audibly. I've never heard him audibly, but he's going to convict you. He's going to let you know what you need to let go of, what you need to do sometimes. So you got to listen. You have to read. You have to get alone with God and pray to him, and you have to listen. And then number four, you have to take action. Once he's convicted you of something, you have to do something about that. All right, Dimitri, I think I might be ready to get rid of this app. But that's point number three. Let me just say this. <laughs> Stealing the show over here. Point number three is I have a church family that can help me clean the clutter. I have a church family that can help me clean the clutter. Don't go too far. Hebrews 2nd, uh, 12 says, therefore, since we're surrounded by such a huge crowd of witnesses. Actually, I'm not ready yet. I'm not ready yet. I'll, I'll, I'll call you one more time. <laughs> I forgot one more story. I wanted to... So, American Ninja Warrior. I love how I go from the Bible to American Ninja Warrior. American Ninja Warrior, one of my favorite TV shows. If you haven't seen it, it's this amazing obstacle course, like uh, the hardest obstacle course in the world. And athletes from all over the world come and try to run this obstacle course. And the cool thing is, um, each obstacle seems to be a little bit more difficult than the previous one. And as it goes on, and it seems like every episode I watch, there's one obstacle that drops like 10, 15, 20 people, meaning they can't get by it. But there always becomes a point where somebody does overcome that obstacle. And after that, it's like the floodgates are open. See, once people see something accomplished, they realize that they, they can do it themselves. And I want you to know that you have a church family. You, you should be in small groups. This is why we're always pushing small groups, because small groups are good for you. But you have a church family. There's somebody that has been there and done that. There's somebody that's going through what you're going through. Whatever you need to let go in your life, somebody's already let go of that. Either the church family that came before you, the church that you're in now, or even in your small group. There's somebody there that will help you, that will encourage you, that will lift you up. I know it happened to me. It's basically he finished it, so can I. Um, and sometimes, sometimes we actually need to, to confess, right? So James, James 5, 16 says it like this. Therefore, confess your sins to one another and pray for one another that you may be healed. See, confession can bring healing. The prayer of a righteous person has great power while it's working. See, oftentimes we hold back things because we're, we're prideful and we don't want somebody to know something about ourselves. We might feel ashamed. You know, I said uh, God supernaturally took swearing out of my mouth, right? Well, how many people know once, once God restores you and takes something out of your life that's not good for you, he shines a light on something else, right? Because this is a constant race. It's something that we should be growing in. It's not something that we should be stagnant with. So right after he took swearing out of my, out of my mouth, uh, God started to convict me of, and I'm getting a little vulnerable here today, so bear with me, but um, every man struggles with this, and I think a lot of women do too but lust, right? So God started to convict me of what true love was and what lust was. And God convicted me that, look, marriage was between a man and a woman, and I wasn't married, so I shouldn't be having sex with women anymore. Got quiet here all of a sudden. 
It's like seven or eight years ago. So uh, God's done a lot of work in me. But he convicted me back then, you know, that that's what I need to do in order to get closer to him, to run my race unencumbered, to not be held back. So I, I was agreeing with God with that. I understood that. I was reading that in the scriptures. So I was okay with that. But then the next thing happened, and he shined a light on the next thing. And the next thing was a little bit harder to give up. Because this thing, I think, is prevalent in many churches across, of, across America. I talked to a lot of you, actually, during the weeks. And I think a lot of people are struggling with this. And that's pornography. Go really quiet in here now. <laughs> and I say that to encourage you, OK? Because I, I was struggling. And I wasn't ready to admit it. Now, I read the psalm by David that said, I, I promised the Lord not to put any vile thing between my eyes. And when I read that, that convicted me. So I knew I needed to give this up. I knew it was sin. I knew it was more than just clutter. I knew it wasn't good for me. I knew it was affecting my mind physically. It was affecting me spiritually. So I needed to put that down but I couldn't do it under my own power. Every time I, every time I tried, and I thought I was good because I was better than I was. You know, I, I was walking in this world for 20-something years living a life before I knew the truth of Christ. So I was behaving totally differently. But then God did a work in me, and he started to convict me, right? So I wasn't looking at it as much as I used to, so I thought I was doing okay. Maybe a week would go by, or even a whole month would go by. But in those times of weakness, I fell. I was, I was putting my reliance on that. I was looking for that, for my happiness, instead of trusting in God and all the goodness that he has for me. So I went to small group. And I love small group. I, I've been in like seven different small groups. I've led like three or four of them. And I think every one of us need to and should be in small groups. But my first small group that I ever went to might actually be my favorite small group. Because, uh, well, first off, singles, I went to two weddings from that small group. So yes, you can meet somebody here at Waters Church, get married and move on. Um, but I met a man there. And after small group one day, uh, we started talking. And I confessed to him, like James 8 says, I confessed to him that I was struggling with this. And in my eyes, this was a mighty man of God. It was somebody that was uh, serving you know, in the church and doing very well, and I was new in the faith. But I confessed to him that I was struggling. And to my surprise, he confessed to me that he was struggling with the same thing. So what did we do? We got in community together. We, we found this online program called Setting Captives Free, which is like a 90-day devotional. And then we made each other accountable. We, we became accountability partners. Now, that means if each, either one of us fell that week, we would confess it to each other. But we wouldn't point fingers at each other, and, and we wouldn't you know, tell each other, you know, judge each other, basically. We would lift each other up. We'd give each other helpful scripture. We would love on each other. We pray for each other. And that's what we need to do. You know, we encourage. And now he's a mighty man of God who's married, who's serving in the church and doing wonderful things. And he's been free for that from years. And I'll say, and now, same thing for me. You know, God has me here for a reason, you know. And I'm up here, thank, thanks to God for that. But whatever you're struggling with, whatever it is in your life, there's somebody else. I don't know if it's addiction. I don't know if it's drinking, if it's smoke, whatever it is. If it's sin or if it's clutter, God wants something better for you. So he wants you to lay it down.
cast that off. Be diligent about it. I believe the Holy Spirit is speaking to many of you today about something in your life that he wants you to let go, but you need to take action on that. You need to be diligent. I spent 90 days in this program, and I was diligent, and I attacked it. And I tell you, it produces much fruit when you're free, when you're free and you move on to, from that. All right, Dimitri, now I think we can come back out. I think I'm ready. I, I've confessed to you all that I have a problem, that I need help. So we're going to call upon the power of the Holy Spirit if this touch works this time. All right. But I do need help. I need my church family. And I hope this isn't too corny. But on the count of three... I would love you guys to just yell, kill that clutter, all right? <laughs> and then I'm going to delete this app, and I'm not going to play it anymore, although I really want to tonight. All right, so you with me? One, two, three, kill that clutter. All right, one, two, three. Kill that clutter. <laughs> it doesn't want to go. It doesn't. Oh! <clears throat> Now, you, ha you know I have one more message, and I have to download that again. <laughs> but I told them last night the same thing, and I promised that you guys helped me, and I wasn't going to play it. So I went home last night, and it was the first night in three years that I haven't played this game. I actually, we, we have another app that supports this app that I also had to delete, because on that app, we talk about what we do on this app, because it's a, it's a lot of clutter in our lives that we need to let go. So small groups are good. There's a lot of uh, ways, that, there's a lot of tools that we have. You know, we have to keep our eyes on Christ. We have to know that the race has already been won. We have to use the tools that God's given us. We have to read, we have to listen, we have to pray, and we have to take action. Um, I never did run another long distance race in my four years on track and field, but I did find I did find my race, which was the 55-meter uh, hurdles. Now, if you don't know hurdles, those are the things that you jump over when you're running. But I never had much endurance, but I was agile and I was quick and I like to jump over things. So hurdles seemed like the perfect thing for me. But if you've ever seen a hurdle race, they often hit those hurdles. They might fall down. Now, here's the thing. When you fall down in your life, do you stop and look at the hurdle? Do you, do you be intentional and spend your time dwelling on the hurdle? Or do you get up and finish the bleeping race? That's what I want you guys to do today, because I know a lot of you are stumbling. I know you've been hitting the same hurdle for a long time. I know you might be stuck on that one hurdle, and you're dwelling on it every time, and you're not asking for help or looking for help. Look, we don't have priests here. We don't have a confessional. What we do have is a prayer group that you can come up to after service and you can receive prayer from. You can receive love from these people. You can confess to them, confide to them, and they will help you. Or better yet, you can get in small group, find somebody that's already overcome that obstacle and get inspired by them. Or find somebody that's going through the same struggle that you're going through, because there's somebody is. If it's addiction, if it's pornography, if it's any sexual sin, look, we're gonna love you, we're not gonna judge on you, but God wants you to finish your race. He wants something better for you. He doesn't want you to be a stagnant Christian just walking 
walking all along because that's not good for you and that's not good for his kingdom or anybody else. He wants something better for you.